All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Kidney Corner Podcast. I'm Mary with Integris Health's Nazi Zudi Transplant Institute. Today, I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Meet Your Team series. In this series, we will be introducing you to the members of team that you will meet along your journey through transplant and discussing what each team member's role is. Today, we will be introducing you to our social worker team. With us are Josh, Rosina, and Denisha. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. All right, so I would like to give each of you a few minutes to introduce yourself. Tell us about how you got into the role of social work and tell us how long you've been with the transplant team. Josh, you're going first. Hi, I'm Josh. I've been a social worker for about 10 years now. I got my bachelor's and my master's uh, in social work, and I've been with the Nazi Zudi Transplant Institute for approximately two and a half years. Nice. Hi, everyone. I'm Rosina. I got into social work about five years ago. Um, it all started with me wanting to give back to the community, being a part of the whole system, and being there for others. Um, I started in transplant about more than a year ago. This is Denisha. I got into social work after earning a BS in psychology. I've been with Integris for five and a half years, but I only started with transplant about this year. Okay. Smart crew I'm sitting here with. All right. So let's jump right in and talk about our patients, what they can expect to experience when they come to an appointment with you. Rosina, the social work appointment is about an hour and a half long. And I know when our patients hear that, they think, oh my goodness, why would I ever need to talk to someone for that long? But your assessments are pretty involved, right? Yeah, they're pretty lengthy because we cover a lot of different topics, such as housing, if you have an appropriate place that you're staying at to be able to be cared for post-transplant, your relationships and your caregivers that are going to be a big part of your transplant team, any type of background information that may be important to pre- or post-transplant, such as mental health, substance abuse, criminal history, um, anything that involves a part of being in your post-transplant care. Uh, Denisha, can you explain to our listeners what they need to know about their personal relationships? Of course. Both emotionally and physically, a transplant can be a difficult journey in recovery and caregiving. We want to set up the patient and their loved ones for success and try to capture anything that might come up later. All right. So, Josh, do you encourage our patients to bring someone to their uh, social evaluation? Uh, yes, we do. It's not required that you bring somebody with you, but we do highly encourage patients to bring at least one person with them during their psychosocial evaluation. Um, can you go into detail about what this looks like and why it's so important? Um, it's important, one, for them to be there so that they can be involved and ask questions themselves to see what the post-transplant care is going to be like for them and helping uh, the patient. Um, also, we require you to have two people to move forward in the transplant process to take care of um, the patient post-transplant. There's going to be lots of follow-up appointments. There's not going to be any driving for that patient for four to six weeks. Uh, could be longer, could be shorter, but that's um, physician-dependent. Uh, there's going to be labs that need to be drawn. Uh, just many things that 
that patient's going to need support with both physically and emotionally post-transplant. To go into more detail in having those care part, those care people for post-transplant, just making sure that you know you communicate with us um, if there's any changes related to your caregivers after transplant. Um, you're going to be on the list for a long time. Wait times are you know anywhere from three to five years. So just keeping us in the loop and updating us on any caregiver changes that you have. All right, that makes sense. Uh, so Josh, during your assessment, you asked some personal questions. You talk about mental health. Why is that discussed? How could that affect transplant outcome or why would it need to be addressed? Um, so post-transplant, you're gonna be on very high dosages of steroids um, that can affect moods. Um, so we just want to make sure that you're you're a stable candidate. That you, if you have any anxiety or depression um, needs now, that we address those prior to you going through the transplant process. So if you've if you're already seeing a therapist or if you're seeing a psychiatrist, we want to just you know maybe we want to touch base with them and communicate with them. Okay, and so sometimes I know that during your assessment you might identify an area of concern or an area that might need more attention. And we refer them, then we refer them to our transplant psychiatrist. Can you please discuss what types of situations might warrant that and explain why this is a positive thing? Yes, so during um, our psychosocial evaluation, we're, we're doing screeners while we're in there with you. We're doing um, the anxiety screener, the depression screener. So based on those scores, we may recommend you, know, you to see a therapist or a psychiatrist, um, but also, if you've got any past history of depression and anxiety that's disclosed, um, any past suicide attempts, uh, you have PTSD, um, any type of maybe other mental health disorder, we want to make sure that we address that. So we'll send you to our psychiatrist, Dr. Dash, for further evaluation. Um, and then she will then make a treatment plan best suits that patient. Okay. Um, Denisha, another tough subject that you talk about is substance abuse the use of alcohol, drugs, or even smoking. Can you address why we want to talk about that with our patients? Of course. Um, here on our team, we want to be a good steward for the organs that we receive, and um, it is a limited resource. So we want to make sure that we give them to um, people who are um, in a better stage in life. So if you are um, suffering with substance abuse, we do recommend that you ha have a year of sobriety. Um, also, during the evaluation, um, you may have to complete random screenings for anything from nicotine to alcohol to other substances, of course. Um, and that's just to make sure that you're doing good um, if you're receiving an organ and, and to make sure that you have the best outcomes post-surgery. Okay. Uh, so, Josh, in the social work assessment, you assess the patient plan for post-transplant. Why is that important, and what are you looking for? How could you maybe help our listeners prepare for that now? So, a lot of this could be age-dependent, where that person is in life. Um, we're really looking at, you know, if you're retired and you're going to be retired afterwards, then there's not a whole lot of concern there. A lot of our younger folks, they're going to get their Medicare either during when they've started dialysis or when they've transplanted, and they only get to keep that coverage for approximately three years. Um, and so when that falls off, we were trying to encourage patients to be working towards employment that has you know, insurance that can cover those drug costs because they're extremely expensive. 
um, and there's not a lot of resources out there for um, to help pay for medications. Um, so we're just kind of encouraging patients while they while they're either on dialysis or going through this process that they're they're planning for the future. And I know that you uh, recently switched over the role of the living donor coordinator. How is that role different? Um, so, yes, I just recently switched to that role, to the living donor social work role. Um, it is a little bit different. So, you know, before and when we're evaluating recipients, they we are encouraging them to bring somebody with them. For these evaluations, we allow no one in that evaluation because it's very personal. We're asking a lot of personal questions, just like the regular psychosocial evaluation. Um, we're going over, we're talking about coercion, you know, if there's any kind of incentive for them to, to be a donor, yeah. we want to make sure that we assess all those. We're also assessing depression and anxiety as well, because, um, we've learned through research that depression is higher amongst people that are donating. And so we want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence to assess that patient. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, all right. What one last piece of information would you want to leave? with our listeners. Rosina, you're up. So I think one of the most important things that we um, come across is some of our patients are, do live at a further distance. And so making sure that if you do live um, further from the transplant center, that after post-transplant initially, um, the first you know week or so that you plan to live near the hospital. So that may be at a friend's house, family's house, or even at a hotel um, that's to make sure that you have sufficient, you know, travel time and able to come in for all your follow-ups, all your lab works. And so making sure that that's not overlooked. Plus, it's not recommended that you do long traveling, um, you know, when you're recovering after the transplant. So making sure you're within the distance of the hospital to receive the best outcome and care afterwards. Okay. Denisha, what about you? Um, for continuity of care, um, we recommend that you complete all your follow-up appointments, answer phone calls, and stay connected with the transplant team, and making sure that your contact information is staying updated. Okay. Josh? So this is a team effort. The most important person on our team is the patient, so they're the most important person about, you know, regarding their care. We just want to make sure that they continue to communicate with us um, and the transplant team. Uh, also encouraging them to be an active participant in their care. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate your time today. This was um, a lot of very beneficial advice. Um, again, if our listeners would like more information or to possibly get in touch with one of our social workers, our phone number is 405-949-3816, or you can get a hold of us via email at kidneytransplantinfo.com at integrisok.com. Again, the phone number is 405-949-3816, and the email is kidneytransplantinfo at integrisok.com. Thanks again, guys.